Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, good morning, good day, good everything. Clearly my intro and my outro are a little bit shaky these days. I've had them since I started the show six, six and a half, seven years ago. So, whoa, they are getting uh, old and afraid, I guess. Famished, as a friend of mine used to say. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to do something about those at some point. That's down the line. Anyway, a lot has happened. This should be quite an interesting show. Uh, before I get into the show, I just want to say um, a lot of change happened last week. Um, my assistant uh, unexpectedly quit, and it's it's really okay. She she's got some personal issues, some something that's going on with her, and my heart goes out to her. All the best wishes, but it has brought in a tremendous amount of potential change into my life. You have to understand that I've had an assistant for, I guess, nine years total. And there are things that I literally have never done. So, for example, I didn't know how to set up the show. So, luckily, I have a wonderful son. He hopped right over as best he could. I mean, he is very, very busy and doesn't have a lot of extra time. But he did come to help me with a few things. And one of the most important things, of course, was to set up this show. And so, uh, so the thing is, I was able to schedule the show. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, but a lot of other things, there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of things that I've never done. I wear so many hats. I never had a full-time assistant. I was part-time, but in that part-time, you know, they they get a lot done. And I'm just totally, I always lead with trust, and so I've never gotten gone through the learning curve myself and I'm wearing so many hats I never had time to learn everything that they did. And the good news is that it's okay. I, I it's okay. I absolutely am doing fine. I got a little help where I needed it and things will unfold fold over the next few weeks. But I didn't know what was gonna happen with all my shows because Without an assistant to do the prep and the, you know, planning, the setup, the ads, the uh, posting on my YouTube, posting on my my uh, website, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And trust me, there are dozens and dozens of things that she does. Matter of fact, every day that that I'm even have to to say, please do this. It's just automatic pilot for her, and. So there are just so many things. I'm thinking, well, you know, this is a big change in my life. And right away, I was completely aware that this change would be for the good. Now, I don't know if any of you who listen to the show remember when I lost my system of seven years, two years ago. That was also unexpected. And what happened? I brought in this incredible Catherine who was 
were ready to take me to the next phase, so to speak. And I went out on the social media in a big way. I became much more involved in uh, a lot of the stuff that is needed and necessary to really get the word out to people that I even exist, that the higher self voice is even out there. And she was terrific. She was fabulous. She was extremely uh, smart and very creative. And so it is a loss, but I, again, knew almost immediately what this meant. It meant that, that I'm shifting into another phase. Didn't know really what the phase would be, but it occurred to me, because I remember when I was hiring after my first assistant left, it took me three to four weeks to find someone. It's a very long process. You put the ad on Craigslist, and then you get literally hundreds of applications. You read through all the cover letters and the resumes, and you email the people. Then you have a phone conversation. And if after that you decide, okay, we, it's a pretty good fit, let's have an actual in-person interview, then you interview. And I did, and you know, that took three to four weeks. And I hired someone who was terrific, but she, in fact, um, had some um, an autoimmune disease, and she got a cold, and she wasn't able to get better because of the autoimmune thing, and I don't know what it was. She never told me, but after four weeks, she left, and that was when I found Catherine. She came to my meetup group, and <laughs> the higher self indicated at the very end of the group as I'm checking everyone's energy field. They indicated that I needed to talk to this person across the room, and I had my eyes shut. I didn't know who it was, male or female, and I went over to talk to her, and she is the one that actually applied for the job. She, I told her I had filled it, which I had, and she just came because she was really curious to see what the material was. She was a seeker and searcher and loved to learn about a lot of all things metaphysical. And uh, after talking with her for a few minutes, I remembered her cover letter and I just, you know, I hired her on the spot. She's been terrific for two years. So in any case, the, the fact of the matter is I know the process is going to be long and involved. So I thought, you know, do I want to go through that process right now? I have a lot of things on the back burner. And so this, to me, right away, I thought, oh, this is an opportunity to get to some of the things on the back burner. Um, but I did decide right off the bat to end my Tuesday show, my T Radio V show. Uh, T Radio V is the network that I, I am, was filming a show. It was a, a radio show with videotaped, and it was great. And I learned a heck of a lot because I'd never really done the hosting thing before. Once, you know, a handful of times over six years, I had someone on my show, but it wasn't really learning how to be a host. And I produced my own show, which meant I just had to pull the whole thing together from start to finish each week. And it was a lot of work, a huge learning curve, which I so appreciate and love any kind of expansion, anytime. And I thought the show was great. It was, it got better and better as the time went on, as I got more comfortable and more adept. And I do feel I still have stuff to learn, but I, I really got to the place where I was enjoying it more than I was nervous about it. So that's really good. And I had great guests. They, they, I just was very, very lucky. But I did decide to end that show. Yesterday was my last show. I was supposed to have three more. I may still have them down the line. I've ended it for now because my because my assistant does a lot of prep. She does the ads. She puts together the the you know if the guest wants to advertise or uh, share 
their contact information, my assistant would get up a, a beautiful page still with their, all their information on it for the viewers, which would then be played as the radio, TV radio show was going on. And so the, so she really did, she had a big key part in that show. So that's why I decided to, to end it. Plus, I'm so busy with all the dozens of things that I have to sort of get figured out, get on track with, learn about, decide what to do with kind of thing that I, I really couldn't fit in the, the time factor of getting the guest situation all together because that really did take a lot of time as well. So I did end it yesterday and it's kind of sad, but um, anyway, so I also thought to go on to end this show. Not end it permanently, but to take a break, to just delay it. Uh, and I'll tell you why. First of all, shortly, in about three weeks, I'm going back east for a week. There are a couple things that I'm going to. Uh, one is a high school reunion, and one is a, my uncle is ill. He's 94, and I want to be sure to see him and my aunt because this is a perfect opportunity. I'm going back east anyway to the reunion. And I really, I just can't, can't not go to see them. So I'm taking that time. Uh, and I'm going to be gone, I think, two Wednesdays, although maybe only one. I definitely flying out on one day. I haven't made my reservation back yet. But also, my daughter is having a baby. And I can't remember if I said anything because I get so involved in whatever the show is that I, often don't speak about my personal situation, but I have a daughter. She lives, she's married. She lives in Houston and she's pregnant and she is having a baby sometime at the end of October, early November. So I get back from back East and within four or five weeks, I'm back. I'm leaving again. I'm in Houston for at least two weeks. And then I will be back and forth, probably back again over the holidays uh, for another two weeks in December, not not late, not Thanksgiving, but in December, um, to help with the baby and also just to, of course, be with my daughter. And the her husband is, uh, he works in the oil business, and he is out of town two weeks out of four. So he's two weeks out, two weeks in, two weeks out, two weeks in. And so there are, there are going to be times where he's out of town that she's going to want me to come help. His parents are very helpful. They are local. They're in the Houston area, but she is reticent and careful about, you know, asking too, too much. They have some health issues, and so she is very careful not to put any pressure on them. And so so it's going to be one of those things, guys, where I'm going to be out of town. Now, she does have place for me to do the show while I'm there, but Wednesday, she's not at first. Um probably not through the fall. She She's going back to work in early January because her, she's not really a partner because she doesn't own the business, but the small practice that they have back there, the other gal that's in the practice with her is also pregnant and her baby is due in January. So <laughs> they are, so, so my daughter does need to be back there in January. So the, the uh, at that point, it will be hard to do the show when I'm there next year, but actually she's going to be hiring somebody. Yeah, she's hiring somebody, so that'll be all right. But when I'm back there now, this fall, 
I might be able to do the show if my daughter's around and taking care of the baby. But it may be a, a situation where I can't. So basically, there's been a lot of higher self uh, discussions, myself with my higher self. Um, but my first inclination was to, as I said, to delay the show until January of next year. However, the higher self are saying, new. Now, the reason being is that there, this, well, I've got a lot to tell you. I am going to continue the show. I'm absolutely going to continue the show. However, I just want to say to everyone that there are going to be more, many more dark shows than I normally do. I don't, and I don't know how to schedule a dark show. I'm pretty sure when I had them before, my assistant was able to say, no show this week somewhere. She was able to put that information out. I don't even know how to access. Well, I do know how to, excuse me, I did learn how to, my son showed me how to access the emails on MailChimp. Uh, So I can send out an email, but a lot of you guys do not, that you listen to my show, but you don't necessarily have registered on my email list. So, you know, contact me, guys. And I don't even know how that's done. I think there's a registration that you can do on my website, HireSouthVoice.com. I think you can register. And please do, please get your email in so I can keep you posted. I do have to get up and running with the email thing. I mean, there is just so much stuff that I don't know when it's going to happen. But don't feel like I've gone off the charts or I've just left. That's my big concern that people will kind of think, what happened to Janet? You know, one maybe two weeks in a row I'm not on the show. And you think, okay, I guess she's not happening anymore. But in fact, I am going to be continuing the show. I am continuing my career. It's just taking a turn. It's unfolding in a way that I'm not fully sure of as yet. So I'm letting you know to expect the unexpected, but I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, So do sign up. I do think, please do sign up for my, and if you can't figure it out, Email me at Janet at Higher Self Voice or Janet at in, um, JanetRichmond.com. Email me and I'll get you on the email list. I'm sorry to be so vague, but again, I never handled any of this stuff. Uh, so anyway, now that's one thing. The One of the things I immediately thought of with freeing up some time because the T Radio V show that I ended yesterday just took up an enormous amount of time. And one thing I was thinking of that I was going to be able to do was to finish the copy editing of my first book, Choices. I had my first book, Choices, edited, but I didn't know to do a copy editor. So it was published online with uh, Book Locker, who was the online publisher that I use for choices and I had made the decision that I wanted to turn choices into an audiobook as well and I thought to myself because with my second book I learned oh you don't just have an editor you also have a copy editor so I sent choices to the same copy editor I used for my second book and I said could you copy edit this 
because I want to use, I want to do the audiobook. And I have the T Radio V Studios just couldn't be nicer. They had said in, in the morning they are busy from sort of midday straight into the late evening. They're very busy. And so they said to me, come in the morning, you can use the sound equipment to do your audiobook here. So I have a place to do it. So I send off my book to the copy editor thinking, oh, there'll be a few hundred changes. Well, let me tell you, it's a couple of thousand changes. Oh my gosh. And so I just started to go through all the changes and most of them are small. You know, you add a comma, you take one out, too many spaces, you have to take a space out. You know, should this be capitalized or in italics or whatever? And so there's all sorts of little, small, tiny changes, but I have to go through each one and either agree or not agree. Um, And so, um, anyway, so I thought, okay, I'm going to get that done. My new free time, I'm going to uh, then go and start to do my audiobook. So that's one thing. So that's one back burner thing that I'm really excited about doing. And um, the other is really starting to write my second book, which is part of this next show, what I'm going to be talking about on this show. But before I get to that specific, specifically, uh, I wanted to give you just a very little bit of feedback that I've gotten from Lawrence, and the first bit of feedback, I can't remember if I gave it to you last week because I did have it last week, and so I think I did give it to you. So I'm sorry if I'm going to give it to you twice, but heck, it is what it is. And then she gave me some more information, uh, which I want to share. Anyway, she said she just finished listening to the Tester and Tempter series and wanted to say, give a huge thanks. Having the information makes her feel more confident, stronger, and more determined to be understanding and to neutralize my fear through any future challenges. And the astral healing sessions have been awesome too, and I don't use the word lightly. Thank you, thank you. So, And then she said, also that advice, P.S., that advice about obsessional love being used to derail from the path was spot on. And I, I do remember now, I did, I, did, I do think I said this last, last week. Anyway, it's been a crazy week for me, trust me. Anyway, but then she sent me this other email, which I really appreciate and I'm sharing with all of you because it is so important. It's not just about me and, you know, I did something good. It's really something helpful for you all. And what she said, she says, now she's English, okay? She says, oh, my golly gosh, Janet, I just listened to your healing, the male nature, radio healing on Father's Day last year. So that's 2015. And she just wrote me this last week. So it's August of 2016. She said, the energy coming off me was like a hurricane. And at one moment, a flush of energy came out through my left leg. And at that moment, you said the same thing out loud about the left leg. Anyway, I know you like feedback and I wanted to share. Thanks and hope you're well. Anyway, so she she sent me that, and the reason why I'm reading it is because it's important for you as listeners to know that you can tune in to the archive shows in at, at any time. This was over a year. It was June of 2015. She listened to the healing. I told you again and again, you do the healing anytime, and it still works. Why? Because you're moving into the state of amalgamation, 
the state of activating, using that focus and activating your pure soul essence. And once you do that, it doesn't matter how old the healing is or who I did it on. Because if you approach the healing as if you're doing it for yourself, you're going to have a tremendous healing session, a powerful healing session. And this is a way you can use my archive shows over and over and over again. And I get these emails, not a lot, but every time I get them, they're always off the roof about how much help they got from them. I mean, I had someone wrote me about, I did one on pain, and she was in such agony, and she listened to that over and over again. She couldn't even crawl to the bathroom. She was so in pain. And after listening to that show, everything just lifted in a, a day or two or something. I can't remember exactly the details. Somebody else has written me and said, you know, you don't know me, but I've gotten a few of those. But I've been listening to your shows, and X, Y, and Z, my life is changing. This has changed, and this has happened, and here's a shift, and blah, blah, blah. I'm getting those emails again, not a lot, but they are people who take to heart the ability to help themselves by using the show. Now, you can skip over the informational part if you want just the healing. Skip over the informational part. Check. That's not a requirement. You don't have to understand. You don't have to believe. You, you just simply, once you get in that state of amalgamation, the healing is going to happen. So... If it can happen with Florence, you can. it can happen with each and every one of you. So I encourage you to do that. All right. Now, I am going to be doing a healing on the show uh, for Ernesto, and I think you all are going to like it because it's something that we can all relate to. He has what he calls, in quotes, addictions. And he puts it in quotes because they're not alcohol or drugs. It's addictions to caffeine and to sugar. Now, it doesn't matter. The healing is going to be on addictions of all kinds. Anything that distracts us, anything that we kind of keep repeating, habits that we have that we're not happy with. Now, I have to say, even though he may be addicted to sugar, he's athletic, he's slender, he doesn't have an extra ounce on him. It's not about because he's getting overweight or gaining weight. He just doesn't want to be addicted and i'll read you his letter and you'll see and i put, again put addicted in quotes uh i think it's going to be a really good healing because it can be for those of us who uh anybody who maybe you know watches too much tv or we're on the internet too much or we're playing games too much on our cell phone or whatever it is that we do to distract and keep ourselves from um from whatever it is that we we're trying to avoid, okay? Uh, and for everybody, it would be slightly different, but I'm sure this this healing will be great for everyone. Okay, now, I want to just review a little bit. As you know, I've been talking a lot about the fifth dimension. I've been talking recently about the testers and tempters or what the higher self called the Lucifer element. I talked very clearly about what Lucifer element does not mean. Uh, I was try very hard to explain the term uh, is is one that's been misunderstood it's through the uh, biblical times and I explained the misunderstanding over and over again the testers and tempters are fifth dimensional who are working the path without access to their light they are shielded from the pure soul essence 
or they couldn't do their job. And what they do is when those working with the light, uh, the fifth dimensionals carrying a dual soul major, when those of us who are working with the light are <clears throat> bringing out the, the energies, the evolutionary energies in whatever way we do, whether it's the passive through the, the pure soul essence, whether it's active or actively involved in teaching or something else where we're spreading the information or we're spreading the concepts or ideas or healing or whatever it is, uh, the minute an individual takes a step forward and moves up in awareness, insight, uh, new ways of looking, new ideas, new self-awareness, whenever there is this even a tiny step forward, in comes that tester and tempter to say, to test, to tempt, to, uh, in, in order to make sure that individual is firmly on that new step. Because if, as we progress, we're not firmly on those steps, guess what? We fall backwards. And then it would be really chaotic. As much as the chaos, as much chaos as it seems like we have in our world today, it's... Uh, it would be the tip of the iceberg of the chaos if there was backsliding in the evolutionary process. And the testers and tempters are equally important. We work as a team. There is a lack of awareness, especially on those uh, playing out of the Lucifer element role, the testers and tempters role, because they are shielded. They don't know what their mission is. They do it because they have set themselves up uh, kind of like an automatic pilot, but it's a, it's a divine will desire to be of service. And so that is moving through. They carry that divine will uh, just as, as, as we do. And so they don't, they're unaware. They're unaware of the teamwork. <laughs> as a matter of fact, there's been some misinterpretations and they see us see themselves occasionally as being in conflict with us, but it comes from a place of misunderstanding uh, and, you know, we certainly can understand, we, we certainly know what that is. I, I hope you guys get that we've gone through so many lives. We've taken on so many misinterpretations, misunderstanding, misconceptions, and they're no different. They've gone through many lives as well, carrying out their tester and tester role, and they carry the energetic baggage just like we do. And so there is a tremendous amount of misunderstandings flying back and forth between us, but they are equally evolved, very, very highly evolved. And so, and they're equally important in this process of facilitating and accelerating the evolutionary process of the four lower kingdoms, which is why we're here. Okay. All right. So last week I talked about false prophets. If you didn't hear last week's show, I do not have time to repeat it. It was it's an important show. I think you're going to find it fascinating. You're going to see the term false prophets in a completely different way, which is sort of normally the case with a higher self information. Um, again, I was very careful because the word false has connotations that I didn't want, you know, people make assumptions and, you know, with the word false, often they, we all go to, oh, well, they're doing it on purpose. And yeah, I'm sure there are some bad apples in every crowd, and I'm sure there are some people who are on purpose, falsely, giving out information for their own gain, their own ends, okay? But 
what the higher self was really clear about last week. And again, please listen to it. Although, wait a minute, I don't think it's posted on my website. It is not yet. I don't believe. Uh, the link, I don't think, is there. So you have to get it from Blog Talk Radio. Of course, if you're not listening to this live, you won't know that. So I'm going to, on my list to tell Alex, <laughs> my son. Um, I, I want everyone to please uh, listen to it if you can on Blog Talk Radio. It is, I don't even know, I've never been on Blog Talk Radio as a user. So I don't know how to get to the archives, but you guys pretty savvy. I'm pretty sure you can do that. I'm sure I could if I tried, but I can't give you the steps. Go on and listen to last week's show because that, it will be posted there and I'm going to get the link um, to that uh, for my website. Okay. All right. So, but what the higher selves were very clear about is that many times, maybe most the falseness or the profit, the false profit side of what's happening is not done on purpose. It is information that is coming from people, from whatever source they get it, but from people with genuine intention to help, genuine intention to be of service. And they fully believe what they're teaching and they, they do what they do out of love for others. And so this care, they're not, there's no pretense. This, they are sincere. And they're playing out the role of a very high-level teacher or helper in many instances. And what they aren't aware of is simply that the, their understanding, their, uh, what they're processing is coming from uh, distortions, misunderstandings, misinterpretations, more limited viewpoints, or perhaps from a belief system that they carry from eons of lifetimes, like I've talked about so much here. And so what they're giving out, and it's usually information is mixed. There's some really clear, very, you know, high frequency information or energy or whatever. And then there's some that's not clear, that is distorted, that carries um, <clears throat> some misunderstandings and misconceptions and it's all kind of mixed in and that makes it even harder to really discern is somebody a quote-unquote false prophet uh, or not you you feel their sincerity you feel their authenticity uh, they're truly wanting to help their belief in 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 what they say and so and then what they say carries elements that you really resonate with and so it feels like, okay, then all of it must be good. All of it must be good information. All of it must be helping me. All of it, whatever. And in this way, it makes the job of the listener even so much harder. The listener needs to be discerning. The listener needs to not take everything in hook, line, and sinker, but to determine what feels right and what doesn't, what connects, what, uh, what about the information works and what doesn't work for the listener. And it's the listener that needs to make that determination. Each individual needs to make that determination because what's right for one individual won't be right for the other. 
So this is our job as listeners, guys. We need to, I mean, just as anybody knows to look at the internet, you don't take everything in hook, line, and sinker. We've all gotten to the point pretty much where we have, you know, an eye, we read information with uh, almost a skepticism, maybe not skepticism, but we don't, we read it, it looks interesting, and then we think about it. And some of the information, you know, we just say, oh, this is ridiculous, and we just don't even bother to read it, or we read the first paragraph or whatever. We have discernment often, but sometimes with people like me, and I'm absolutely included in this, sometimes with people like me, especially when they coming across with a genuine quality and you know they're there, they want to help, they want to be of service, they're doing something really important for them to, to help others. And then when you hear the information, some of the information is absolutely speaks to you. We do all have a tendency to just think everything is right. And it is difficult. And that's why the higher self would say to us over and over again, and I've told you, we ask you not to believe what we say. We just ask you not to disbelieve. We want you to stand in the center of neutrality and figure out for yourself, for each of you, to figure out for yourself what feels right for you. Where are you with this information? Take it in to that pure soul essence that we all carry and feel it from within, understand it from within, discern from within, and I'm saying that to you all about me as well. Don't believe what I say. Don't disbelieve it. Just stand in the center. Allow the information, allow the energy to process. And whatever you resonate with, just you will take in and absorb. And what doesn't feel right to you, you know, throw it into the bucket. Whatever you're going to do, you do. Because it isn't for me to tell you what to think, and how to feel, each and every one of you. What is important for what I'm doing, and it's related to the show, is I'm offering another opinion. I'm offering another viewpoint. I'm offering a philosophy. I'm offering ideas and concepts. If you have three concepts, those are your choices. If you have four, you have a choice of four. If you have eight, you have a choice of eight. And so the higher self has been clear, and I talked about it in a recent show, I don't know if it was last week, it might have been, that it's important for all of us to speak out, not to hammer, not to ram anything down anybody's throat, because all of us speakers are going through expansion. As I've mentioned, I'm going through expansion many times. I've mentioned it. Uh, maybe next week, next month, next year, things will shift to even more expansion. It doesn't mean necessarily what I'm saying this week, this year is all false. It just means you're going to see it. I'm going to see it and share with you at more expanded levels, which I have done uh, over this show. You, you, <laughs> if you haven't seen my expansion, um, you probably haven't listened to some of my earlier shows. But in any case, the um, it's important. So I'm not just because 
just because what I'm saying, I don't want anybody to believe or disbelieve, doesn't mean that it is important for me or anyone that is moving out there to help others in whatever way. It doesn't mean that we just shut up. It doesn't mean that we just be quiet. We want to give the souls that are listening, whoever they may be, options, choices. It's very difficult when there is no choice in the conscious mind to really make, it's very hard to come up with the the choice without hearing it first. That's just the way it is. We're in the, we're in the material world, guys, with the five senses rule. So that's the scoop on that. We want, you know, hearing, seeing, seeing moves it into our conscious awareness so much of the time, much, much more effectively than just picking it up from the ether, so to speak. So that's what I do. I offer options, I offer viewpoints, and the higher self are very, very different in many, many ways. They, they do have some overlap. So some overlap might feel good to many of you because there is overlap. And then they, they tend to go off in their own, <laughs> their own avenue, um, so to speak. So it's up to each and every listener. Okay. Now, so you might be wondering, because I think last week I said I was going to continue with the misunderstandings from the biblical references, uh, related to the infusion of the Christ concept or the higher heart consciousness concept that went on 2000 years ago. And uh, I gave the indication that that's where the show was going to unfold. And then you see, if, if you saw the advertising first, that I'm getting higher self information on entity attachment, uh, no soul is lost and the higher self help with their education. And when disincarnate attach themselves to humans, it's easy to uh, misunderstand and label them as evil. Okay. So you might have looked at that and said, what the heck? This is something new. You know, why is she going off on this? Well, I'm going to tell you because this has been such an incredible week for me. So much change, so many things um, (laughs) going on. And what happened really is, the higher self. Now, this is me. Remember, this is me. And it's me at the soul level, at the facade human soul level, making the determination that I need a shift. Okay. And if the higher self can't force me, even though they are part of my soul, they cannot force me or you, they can impress, but it's at the soul level, the human soul level, where I carry the free will that I made the determination didn't know in my conscious mind, guys, that I needed to shift into a new phase, all right? So here's what happened. Before my assistant quit, I was reading People Magazine. Okay, now, I do get, I'm old-fashioned, I do get the newspaper, and I do read news online. So People Magazine is a wonderful guilty pleasure. But, so I was just, so there you have it. Uh, I was reading the People magazine maybe three, four weeks ago. It was the August 22nd issue, okay? And there was an article in it called All American Exorcists. And it's about a reverend, his daughter, and two of her friends that perform exorcisms all over the country and I think even parts of the world. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Anyway, I 
two or three weeks, four weeks ago, whenever it was, I read the headline, a bit of the first part of the article, I sort of scanned through and read the little, you know how they have little dark blurbs under pictures and stuff. I read that. I looked at the photos. And I put the magazine down, and I could not read the article. And it was a little weird. I couldn't read the article. Days started to pass. I kept looking at it, sitting there, couldn't read it, couldn't read it. And I kept trying to figure out, why can't I read this? What's going on? And I, I came up with some ridiculous thing, but I don't even remember what. But, uh, but I immediately dismissed them because anything I came up with was absolutely not. And, you know, two, three weeks went by. And I'm like, this is so weird. I think I looked at two or three more, one, two or three more mag- people magazines before I <laughs> finished this other one. So it became such a mystery to me that I thought, well, you know, I better ask the higher self. And <laughs> they were kind of like, well, we thought you'd never ask. Now, of course, they didn't really say that. I'm just being silly about it. They don't ever say that. Those, those are the way we would might interpret it at sort of the, the human mind level. But they said it was for two reasons. And I found this fascinating because neither one of these came up for me at the time, of course, that's than normal for me. Um, one was the article is is kind of spread through the article the term evil, and I have a difficult time with the term evil. If you listen to me at all or followed any of my work, I never ever ever describe anybody or anything as evil. So they said first of all, it just triggered a dis- real discomfort for me seeing the term evil there and you wasn't, I wasn't too sure, you know, what I was going to be reading or something. I don't know, but it it was disturbing to me uh, because, you know, I've been involved with the higher self viewpoint for so long that I just don't see evil anymore. And if you guys have listened to any, a number of my shows, I've got illustrations in there where if somebody comes in and they abused or, you know, I was I mentioned that because this is the obvious this is the biggest one where I did um a healing on the bombings in France and I worked equal time on the victims and the victimizers, uh uncovering the soul scrambles and the soul hurts and wounds and everything that uh, misunderstandings that the victims had as well as what the victimizers had, because that's what I see. I, I see underneath people who are looking to the outside world as evil or bad in some way, I see what's going on at the soul level. And it's, it's, it's difficult for me to hear that word because I have this other kind of understanding um, or point of view or viewpoint or whatever. And also um what I'm going to be talking about in this show is that the higher self have always said, and it's just part of who I am now, the idea that all souls are pure and perfect. No soul is lost, and all souls are educatable. In other words, they can all souls that are in a really bad place, are playing out of a really terrible place, are able to be healed, every single one. And um, so there's that. 
they said the second reason, and this is actually the deeper, more important one, was that I sensed um, deep down there was going to be a shift in what I was doing. Now, my, my assistant, you see, hadn't quit yet. But underneath, I kind of knew there was a new phase coming in, okay? And I knew that my next book, Jane and Company, which I've mentioned quite a bit on the show, is uh, becoming really important. Uh, and that it would be giving, you know, people the groundwork, more more on evolution, more about disincarnate more on, you know, the idea that every soul is pure and perfect and every soul can be helped and healed. And um, the article then, along with my assistant quitting, was part of propelling me forward into this new phase. And um, like all of us, even though I've worked on it so much, it triggered for me the article first, uh, the, the resistance to change the fear of the destiny, the fear of stepping forward in new ways. And I've done enough work, of course, that I was ready for the shift or I wouldn't have called it in. And that's why I didn't freak out when Catherine left. I didn't freak out at all. Um, But it's a place that I, I knew deep down I'm going to, that's very different. It's very similar to the December huge aha moment I got where I hadn't fully accepted myself and all that I know and all the fifth dimensional stuff that I never brought out on the radio before. And then January 6th, I opened up and started talking about the fifth dimensional stuff. So (laughs) this is another big unfolding. It's bringing me into sharing with you more about the disincarnate world, uh, talking about entities and, and, quote-unquote, ghosts and demons and all of that, which is a very big thing that's going on around the globe. There are just many, many people involved in this kind of world, and I haven't touched it, just like I didn't touch the fifth dimensional stuff, even though there are many people over the globe talking about dimensional things. I'm never sure what they mean by their dimensional uh, definitions or whatever, but in any case, it doesn't matter if the terms are similar, but the, the meaning is different. But I, I, it was like a big can of worms that somewhere in, inside of me I was resistant to. So the higher self explained that this article triggered that because deep down I knew I was moving into a new phase. And so voila, just a few days after I get that information, my assistant quit. And I had actually been told by the higher self when that stomach thing happened to me a couple of weeks ago, they said some unexpected things are going to be happening. There's a, more than one. And so they didn't tell me what. I didn't know it was going to be Catherine quitting. But in any case, it happened. And there could be more. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, and it's not necessarily uh, unexpected bad. It was just unexpected. And so it brings in new things to deal with. But anyway... Over the next few months, because so much I'm traveling twice. No, I'm traveling three times that I know of. Back east, then Houston twice before the end of the year. Plus the holidays, I will be doing inconsistent shows. I will be alternating. I don't know how they're going to unfold because I'm, I, even though I'm giving up the 
the Radio V show for now. I still have a lot on my plate because I am trying to get up to speed on all these things that my assistant did. And uh, I've also got a new project, so I'll be very busy. I don't know exactly how the shows will unfold, but when I can, I will do a show. And it will be some on the... It will be some on the the the, the new age and, and the higher heart consciousness infusion and all of that, trying to help you put, put together in your own mind uh, some... Uh, 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 not put together, but to have some other ideas in your own mind as to what, um, you know, some choice, some ideas. The higher self has given us enormous amount of material, and it's so fascinating, and I don't know how it's going to unfold. I'm literally taking it day to day now because every day is just throwing me uh, new stuff. But I want to go back to the article. For just a minute, and I want to talk a little bit. Let me see. Yeah, I still have time. Okay, so I read the article, and it was very clear. The three girls are extremely well-intentioned. They gave their services for free, and, you know, anyway, they gave their services for free, and they sincerely wanted to help those who were possessed, as they call it, by demons, and they did not go into what they did. They one of the girl's father was reverend, and he did a lot of um, exorcisms, and so they learned from him. They didn't describe the process, and they really didn't give the results either. Um, but it was very clear they fully believed in what they were doing was helping others, and I personally think on some level they did help. I don't know for sure because it wasn't discussed, and but I do know or I feel very deeply that there could have been more done had they known some of the higher self information. And perhaps in time they will know it because I'm getting it out there and my third book is going to have to give much more. Uh, I've told you that Jane and Company is my third book. Jane is disincarnate and uh, I will explain in a minute. I do explain Jane and Company, the third book, in the in an appendix in my second book, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. And you can get any of my things on, on Amazon, by the way. But in any case, um, in that appendix, I don't sensationalize. I, I don't I don't make it seem like, you know, it's, it's, I don't sensationalize. I just give information really matter of fact. But Jane and Company, the story of Jane and Company is beyond amazing and fascinating. And it is, it explains so much, not only about the process of attachment, but how to heal how to heal the entity, how to heal the human embodied that got the attachment, how to deal with the Lucifer element or the testers and tempters, et cetera, et cetera. It is beyond fascinating. You're going to learn much more about the higher self and what, what they do and what the amazing stuff they do. Um, but what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to explain very briefly how Jane came into our lives so that, you know, to just give you a little wet your appetite, so to speak. 
not going to give a lot. I do want to do this healing on Ernesto, and um, but I want to give you a little bit because this article is, it spoke to me. You know, I really, really, really want to get the expanded information out there so that there is a choice. And for people like these girls who do the work, they can gather more tools, more techniques to help even more. I don't know what they do do, but they can, they can um, expand what they do. So, I mean, if they resonate with the information, I don't know that they will, but if they resonate with the information that I'm going to be giving out over time and will be in my book too, then absolutely they can. Uh, they may not. And, you know, I'm not one to say good, bad, or indifferent. But let me just explain. Okay. So, Jane and Company all started back with Joan Culpepper, the woman who um, I first met and learned the higher self step through. And what happened was a friend of Joan's uh, came to her and said, you know, um, my brother is having tremendous problems. He's in and out of um, in and out of mental institutions. They keep changing his meds. His behavior is bizarre. They keep changing the diagnosis. They don't know what's going on with him, that sort of thing. And I don't know all the details anymore. I wasn't privy to any of those early conversations, but it was something along those lines. So she said to Joan, would you be willing to do a healing on him? Well, uh, Joan was not a healer, but she gave higher self information as to how to heal. So she, to this one guy, Joe, who uh, was a healer, um, and Joe, so she asked Joe to be part of the healing, and Joan played the role of a surrogate for the uh, brother, or maybe it was a cousin. Anyway, played the role of a surrogate for the friend's brother or cousin, and uh, so she, the healing, Joe would be doing the healing on Joan, but the, all the healing energy would go to the to to the brother, and the and I think it might have been a cousin I can't remember but anyway let's I'll just call it brother so the brother and so the healing would go to the brother and Joan would be able to say oh this is bothering me and would be able to point things out because she's very psychic of course so she understood and saw exactly what was happening. In addition, Joan would bring in higher self information. So she was working with the higher self of Joe, the brother, the friend, and. Uh, herself, whatever, all the conglomerate higher self of all the parties involved, and she would bring in information. So right away, they get it. No, meanwhile, the friend had taken the, had gone to uh, Joe at another location where he worked as a healer and had asked her him to help with a brother. And he'd done, I think, one or two or three healings on the brother had found that the brother had an entity attached and they said they did whatever their process is and the entity was no longer there. However, the behavior continued. It didn't really improve. And that's when the friend came to Joan. So Joan is lying there not knowing what to expect. And 
in come the higher selves and they explain that the brother has an entity named Jane attached to him. They go on to explain what, how attachment works. Um, and then they get into Jane. Then Joan begins to reflect Jane. And I'm just limited on time, so I'm not going to any details. I will get into more details as I go. And, of course, I'll probably forget what I've said and what I haven't said. But in any case, they do go um, They do meet Jane. Jane comes forward. Joan reflects Jane. And Joan, what reflection means is just basically she's mimicking Jane. So she's seeing Jane. She's saying out loud everything that Jane is saying to her. So she's just repeating it like she's, you know, mimicking her. Uh, it's called the higher self call that reflection. There's no mixture of soul energy. She's not channeling Jane in any way. She is reflecting her or like just mimicking her. So she is talking for Jane. Then, <laughs> then she goes, she talks for the higher self. She's talking for the brother. She's interacting with Joe and the friend. And it's just absolutely intensely amazing. And, Jane comes in, and I do want to say, she says, first thing, almost, I don't know if it's first thing, who remembers exactly the order, but she says to Joe, you thought you got rid of me, didn't you? Because she's referring, you see, to the time where um, the friend brought the brother to Joe Williams, Joe, to, um, anyway, he's no longer living, he died a long time ago, so I think it's Sorry, I didn't mean to get his name out there, but anyway, uh, his work was great. But she said, you know, you thought you got rid of me. And Joe said, well, yeah, we did. We aptly thought we sent you to the light, and uh, here, you, here you are again. And she said, yeah, I just disappeared, made you think you got rid of me. And she, she was very, she was very arrogant, very, you know, know-it-all kind of thing. Anyway, she was very... Um, like, na 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 you thought you got rid of me. I mean, now it's so adorable because she shifted and changed so much through the process, and you're going to love Jane with all your heart and soul. But in the beginning, she was a little bit feisty. And anyway, and she, she just said, it, it, you know, it's a free will kingdom. And if, as long as he lets me in and lets me be attached to him, uh, I'm there. If he says no and means it, I'm gone. I can't get in. And she goes on and she gives very clearly the idea of the free will kingdom and how both parties have to agree. The attachee, the brother, absolutely had to agree or Jane could not have attached. Okay? So right off the bat is just this wow kind of thing. And it just continued to unfold. Now, again, the book is going to be unbelievable. You're going to love it because you're going to see so much. I do have to have, I do want it absolutely to become a TV show or something. I've wanted it from the beginning because it's so visual. Joan was able to reflect. She's brilliant. And she can give you word for word. She heard exactly everything the entity said. It, it's She hears everything. She's like reading off a teleprompter, the higher self. She has such a talent, and she made it 
like you were watching the most fascinating movie ever. And it was. And so I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get help from someone who can help me bring that element out to the book to make it read like science fiction or the most exciting fiction you ever read because I'm not written like that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging, and I, but I do think I need help. And actually someone did volunteer to help me make it a page turner, as he said. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on that. Um, but anyway, Jane was really, really clear on how easy it is to fool us. And this also um, ties into the whole idea of the false prophets. And be careful when there's channelers. Be careful how you listen. Please listen from the state of neutrality as best you can. Allow the information. Allow everything to process from within. Um, Anyway, so that's one more thing. What was clear in the Jane and Company process is this idea that every single soul can be helped. Every single soul. Now, if anybody out there read my second book, I start with Charlie. Charlie is where I first really grasped the soul psychology. We all did. Because he comes in and tells the journey of his soul that led up to him being the first one to get AIDS or HIV. He uses the term AIDS, but it was so long ago. I don't know that the term HIV was really out in the public yet. It was fascinating. And by the end, instead of thinking what a terrible guy, how terrible, because not only did he get it, but he spread it. He spread it everywhere. And so, you know, if you didn't know the underpinnings, you might label Charlie as such a bad, horrible person. By the end of hearing Joan reflect Charlie, we're crying, tears running down our eyes. It was a soul in torment. And the story is in my second book. Now, again, I don't sensationalize, but this is more of what you're going to get from Jane and Company. And I will give you tidbits over time. I haven't written the book, so I don't know what is going to be in the book and what isn't, but it is going to be one fascinating book. There is a an entity, Thor, going to be in the book. Very big part, very humorous part. In fact, Thor, after his very first life as a human, he is cloned by clones energetically. He, his energy is cloned from the astral and used by the Testament tempters. There were 50 clones, 100 clones, I don't know, 200 clones. I can't remember the number that the testers and tempters would use to amplify the energetic baggage of those they were testing. They used Thor clones. And you're going to learn all about that, how to use the astral energy in a negative way. And Thor wasn't the only one. We it, There's so many fascinating, fascinating disincarnates that we met 
when we met Thor, he barely could talk. He was sort of grunting. He had very basic language. It was his very first life as a human. And you're going to get the sense of exactly how he was. Um, I mean, it is. It's so fascinating, guys. And there's going to be a lot of more information, a lot of expansion around it. You're going to love it. And you're going to understand how each of these disincarnates, they come across either as bad or evil or come across as uh, hurtful or negative or stupid or hostile or angry or whatever, arrogant, whatever they come across as after they go through the process, because Jane and company became a process. Jane and company became a group. I wasn't involved in the very first few groups. They were all taped and I had access to most of those tapes. Uh, but then I'm, then I, as well as some others were invited in to become part of the process, and then it went every three weeks, or just about for two plus years. And we met many entities. We were involved in many, and then they information would come into the Wednesday group too from the entities, and we saw them evolve. We got all their personal stories, and we saw them evolve, learn, grow, and become. And then they created a movement on the other side, which is as fascinating and still ongoing. I still work with Jane almost weekly, uh, and you'll get many of those stories. Uh, she helped, of course, with both my parents when they laid inside the body and with many other people. I'm honestly, it, it, it's it's just your, your whole idea, you're going to get some tremendous amount of different ideas and knowledge and understanding and I think you're going to enjoy the process it really needs to be a TV show or some sort of uh, movie or made for TV movie or something it is talk about sensational it is so amazing and it's all true and it's going to come out all true and of course TV show that probably change things you know add romances and stuff that aren't there but we know how that works. But the core of the story is beyond fascinating, and I'm excited to talk more and more about about it with you. And you're going to become, I think, you're going to understand very well why my idea of classifying someone as evil or something as evil is, um, it can be um, a bit disturbing for me, although I do understand very well that this is, um, I'm, I'm probably the exception and the rule is normally very different. Um, so in any case, uh, new phase, new change, don't know how it's going to unfold. You just have to take what you get. Of course, my heart is always with the show. Love it, love it, love it. And I will absolutely be continuing, but don't worry if I don't show up for a week or two, I will be back. It is not stopping. The show is not stopping. I'd probably only be on two out of four weeks, maybe three. It just kind of depends. Um, so we'll see. In any case, right now I'm going to go on. I'm going to do the healing for Ernesto because I think it's so good for all of us. And he's just, he's someone who does the work on himself. He really is so genuine. He's 
just been a big help to me in many ways. And he's, um, I just appreciate that he's opened up and shared his issue with everyone so that everybody can benefit from the healing. Okay, so here's what he said. As long as I can remember, I've always been addicted, in quotes, to something. Thankfully, it hasn't included any drugs or alcohol. But I'm always consuming something on a daily basis and can't seem to be able to just stop. I believe it started with soft drinks. Growing up, it was crucial to have a Coca-Cola with me every time I ate anything. It got to the point where I would easily drink anywhere from 6 to 12 Coke cans every single day. Yikes. And he's not alone. I actually know quite a few people who drink, whether it's Coke or some other soft drink, that many cans a day. A lot of them have changed, but there was a time that was true for more people than we would guess, I think. Anyway, this is basically all I ever drank. It essentially replaced water for me. I would go through phases where I would mentally prepare and tell myself, this is my last can of Coca-Cola. Yet, I I would always fail and restart the cycle. I would defend myself against myself by thinking, there just isn't any other option since everywhere you go, you can only find soft drinks. Well, this is partially true, especially back then, five to ten years ago, because I frequently mostly frequented mostly fast food restaurant chains. Today, it is a little different as other alternative drinks have become more readily available. Thank goodness, right? So, because I can say with confidence that I successfully cut my addiction and can go without drinking sugary water. Yes, I will have an occasional glass, but sometimes I can even finish the whole I can't even finish the whole thing. So that's great. But then there's a big however. <laughs> however, he says, I'm now drinking coffee every single day and more of it too. More specifically, I drink a coffee milkshake. He says that's what he calls them from Starbucks. So my addiction might have gotten even more expensive. The pattern I see here is that my body seems to be addicted to caffeine and sugar. And of course, they're both in the coffee milkshakes, as you, as Ernesto says, and also um, in the Coke. He says, right now, I'm drinking Starbucks coffee as I type this email. Help! <laughs> Big letters. Very cute. Um, so absolutely, I'm going to help. And I don't know, I don't have a clue where this one is going to lead us. I'm just holding my, crossing my fingers because it is easy. I'm a coffee drinker. I don't drink, drink sodas. I drink Coke maybe uh, four or five times a year. Um, my uh, hairdresser always offers me one. I, I share it with him. So I drink half then. And uh, who is it that I see? Is it my daughter? No. I see somebody once in a while, and they offer me a Coke. And so I drink a Coke when I'm there. I can't think now who it is because it's so seldom. But in any case, love Coke. But I don't buy it. I don't have it in the house. And But I do drink coffee. And I doctor it. Now, I don't use sugar cane sugar. I use stevia, uh, a different kind of sweet flavor. But I do put in milk and organic milk and organic chocolate. So I make a mocha for myself at home. And I drink one or two cups a day. Don't drink it all day long. But I can certainly relate. And 
many people can relate. Coffee is, it's like a comfort food. And I think sodas are like comfort food for all of us. And they, but they do, if they, if they're happening too much, whether it's the financial thing, it's, you know, it's not good for the body. <laughs> um, I switched my coffee to all organic. Everything I have in coffee, including the coffee itself, is organic. And I've been tested for all the ingredients, so it doesn't aggravate my body in any way. And so I feel sort of okay, but still, we, we all know uh, we don't want to be drinking coffee instead of water or instead of some other drink that would be um, positive and healthy for us. We, we're all becoming so much more aware to give ourselves uh, good stuff, let alone financial burden. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's six or eight cups of coffee a day from Starbucks, that would start to get expensive. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know. We didn't say how many, but in, in any case, Ernesto, yes, I'm here to help. So let everybody know the routine. I want everyone who's listening either now or is in the archive to make yourself comfortable. Um, Close your eyes. If you can, you may not be able to. Uh, you may not want to. And begin to start focusing your attention on the here and, and the now, the right now moment. And I see it already. I see everybody in that symbolic wheel, uh, rim of a wheel. It still comes up for me. The wheel is really no longer there. It's just that everyone is in sort of this circle around. And there's a lot. There's layers and layers because... In fact, remember it's the past, present, and future listeners. And because everything is archived, listeners can be added at any time. And we can't change the number of past listeners, but but the number of future listeners will always be expanding. As uh, so I do my show and new people find out about me, they're going to go back and tune in. So it is layers and layers. It's, it's just multiple circles uh, as I see it. And right in the center is uh, we're all being encompassed in the now moment, so to speak, and we are now moving to expand the now moment, as we all always do now, into the forever now moment. And immediately I am seeing the um, connection to all of the soul processes, each and every one of us, and we're creating, it's so interesting, it's like because we're in a circle, it's like we're creating cones both above and below us. So it's instead of two four-sided pyramids base-to-base, it's like we're creating cones um, base-to-base. So the the bases are round, and then there's this cone function up where the, and down symbolically, meaning that the totality, the soul processes are all, all included within this forever now moment. And now we're activating the pure soul essence of all of us in here, again, past, present, and futures. And the the cone is now being brilliantly lit as we all move the through our focus of attention. We're moving our internal divine light, that pure soul essence light, to become one with, to encompass the totality of who we are at the body level the mind level, and the totality of the soul level. Now, this does include the higher selves. We all, our higher selves, are part of us. Remember, we are carrying the dual soul nature with the true soul essence. People listening to the show carry a dual soul nature 
If you don't, you still have higher self because you wouldn't be listening to the show if you weren't already uh, there, have aspects of the self into that fifth dimensional realm. So the fact of the matter is all of us are carrying the higher self when we bring ourselves into that forever now moment and are encompassing it with the pure soul essence. The higher selves are there. We don't need to say, uh, I am one with my higher self or whatever you might want to say to actively focus on that divine connection. Remember the higher self, the fifth dimensional part of ourselves do come from the divine level as well as the pure soul essence. And we also need to invite them in. But by becoming one with the pure soul essence, that and that is the invitation. One with the pure soul essence, the totality of the pure of the soul process level is the invitation guide. So the totality of who we are here, the higher selves are facilitating this healing. They we are now being moved. Uh, it, it was happening anyway into the symbolic diamond, which is the four-sided pyramid base to base. The diamond is here because the pyramid is the shape for this section of the universe. Um, it is the energetic facilitator of bringing in the higher level energies that are being processed for the earth. And so we see them in the um, uh both in the old world in Egypt and in the new world. And now I can't remember was the Aztecs or the Mayans that brought in the pyramid. In any case, the pyramid, this is the, the physical pyramid, but the energetic pyramid is very, very important on this planet in this section of the universe. And so symbolically, the two pyramids base to base is symbolically the totality of the originating source. It is carrying the shape uh, of this section of the universe but in the important part to remember is the shape isn't isn't the determining is is what we're it's a symbol okay we're using that symbol because we are in that section of the universe and the pyramid is base to base four sided pyramid base to base creating the diamond it's reflective the I can't even describe it it's not solid it's an energetic thing and it's just every part of it is shimmering, reflecting, got colors, shapes, uh, you know, sound, music, information. It is the totality, symbolically, of all there is. And the double cone, I don't know what they call that. I'm going to have to look that up. What the shape that we've got, the uh, that we moved into with the two cones face-to-base, all of us are being moved within the pyramid face-to-base, the diamond shape so this is our way to to cooperate and and work with the totality of all there is and it is you know our guarantee we're working at the highest level and right and so this is encompassing the totality that we are where it goes through space i can't even keep it in my mind's eye it is so ginormous and it is drawing in and attracting in souls from all over the universe including the testers and tempters, including the Lucifer element. Because as I have said in past shows, and again, if you haven't listened to them, please listen to it because you can't fully grasp what I'm saying. But remember, they need, they're shut off, they're shielded from their pure soul essence line, and they need to come in and get uh, nurtured and recharged from the light that's provided 
by uh, the those of us working with the light. And so we have a whole element out there that is and it's protected. Nobody is bothered or can get, you know, have be tested and tempted as they're going to partake of the light, whatever they're ready for. And there's a whole element of uh, these, um, the, the Lucifer element, many, many, many souls carrying the dual soul nature, working in the path without the light, coming in to partake and getting recharged, so to speak, with the light. And so they're there too. And so that's on, going to be ongoing. But meanwhile, um, back to what I'm saying, it's like we're all as huge, huge circles of, of past, present, and future listeners. We're all in this kind of circle. And right in the center, again, the higher selves are activating the rainbow bridge energy, which I explained over and over again in past healings. I don't need to say it uh, again. And right there is Ernesto. And he is, he's coming across as rather small. Um, he's not a big guy. Uh, you know, he's not particularly tall in real life. But this small, of course, it has to do with something. And I think I've gotten small on him before. It's very unusual. But it must be a pattern that comes up and, and shows in different, uh, shows up in different things in our lives. Anyway, he comes in as small, not not like a child small, but as an adult small. So what is that? I want to just see what's going on here. Um, so let me focus in on this. There's no resistance to coming in. He came right in, but he comes in small. Okay, he's, okay, there's a frustration here. What I'm getting right away is that, Deep down, Ernesto, I'm going to talk to you, Ernesto. Deep down, Ernesto, there is nothing small about you. But you feel somehow that your presence or your demeanor or your, you're almost like in a cage, so to speak. You feel very limited. And you feel that's how people perceive you. And I don't know if this is all in the conscious mind at all, but at the soul level, there is a frustration because you're sick of small. You know uh, the unremembered remembrance level, the, the, the knowingness that you, who you are, and yet you find yourself in a unfolding and in, in a life pattern where the smallness is more evident than all the richness and all the uh, unlimited ability that you have. And so uh, I think we've worked on this moment before because... I've done healings on you on the radio, and you come in for private healing, too, but there must be more to this pattern. So so right now, I want you to really begin to, again, release whatever the belief, belief systems are about smallness, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit, a little bit more, but also the frustration. There is a frustration. There's, there's, it's like you're stomping your foot, like, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. This isn't who I am, and there is just this essence of frustration and you don't know how to change it you don't know how to blast through the shell it's like a doll shell you know like um like a doll has the porcelain some dolls anyway have the porcelain on the outside and the inner workings of the doll the talking part or the you know whatever's going on in the doll is inside but the shell is there and it's like it's like you're in a shell you can't seem to break out of. 
and it if I I don't know this and you didn't say anything in your note to me but it's almost as if it would feel like you would have headaches because there is almost symbolically like you're hitting your head against the shell and you want to get you want to get out of it. You want to be free. There is the feeling of being in prison here. And I want you to release that feeling of being in prison. And the connection, now there's way more here, so we're just going to keep going. But I want you to also, I want to introduce the concept that the connection here to the sugary drinks and to the coffee, the sugar and the caffeine, um, are. There, there is definitely a connection here. Because they are a comfort food. They are something that helps you motivate to keep going. Because what you're doing feels so mundane and so prosaic. Prosaic? Prosaic. So, um, not you. There's an element here of you just are taking steps. It is not. They are not steps that are exciting to you. They are not steps that are expanding for you, challenging for you, exciting for you. Uh, maybe some are, but in general, you want to be somewhere else. And so the, 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 the sugary caffeine drinks tend to um, help you get through the mundane day, get through the chores, get through what you have to do to, um, to you know, earn a living, to, you know, take care of yourself, take care of business, do the chores, do the whatevers. And so it's it's just kind of um, kind of like that. Now the I wanna say the good news is that it isn't drugs or alcohol. Because in fact the frustration here is pretty pretty in, intense. If you went that drugs or alcohol way, I do feel like it could unfold into some sort of serious addiction. And so it's really important we break this shell because heaven forbid some phase or something comes up in your life and for some reason there's more alcohol around or, you know, drugs become more available or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, You know, I don't want you to move into that. And so so it may seem silly in a way that you're talking about the sugary and caffeine drinks, but I want you to understand and all the listeners that this kind of stuff, when a soul is really unhappy, it can bring things in to get our awareness, to make sure we pay attention because it's here for a reason. It's, it wants it to accomplish certain things. Uh, as I said, often on the show, because of the energies on the planet, so many of us have come in with a real plan in the early stages of evolution, you know, and some, you know, being fifth dimensional kind of dual nature, we almost always have a plan. But the humanities, when we were first moving through the human kingdom universe, the earlier stages of evolution, that's not the case. It's haphazard. It's random. It's this, it's that. It takes a while for the soul to even get to the point where it thinks, oh, you know what, I have to learn this or I have to. Uh, figure this out or I have to bring this into balance or this is an area that I'm really weak and I need to fix it or whatever it is. But now on this planet with so many fifth dimensionals in place and so many uh, true humans 
that want to learn, that are here to grow, we've got plans. Many, many, I can never say all, but many, many of us have a plan. And you have a plan. And so many of us have a plan. And so when those plans don't work, they aren't unfolding, we tend to try something new. We, we can get something more intense, bring in a more difficult situation. And that's what I don't want for you, Ernesto, or for anyone else that finds themselves doing something that is, is distracting them away from the frustration or the discomfort, whatever that might come from. Now, in Ernesto's case, it's, it's, it's absolutely like you want to break out of the freaking box. Okay? You want to break out of the box. So right now, uh, we, I see you working on releasing the frustration, the angers, and the, you know, knocking your head up against the wall. But we want to go further than that because we need to get to what the darn box is. What is that box? What is holding you to be small? And so I want the light, I want you to just start to send the light. I'm seeing it start to hit. We want to send it from without and from within. We want to work it from inside and out. I want you to see symbolically that pure soul essence, sun beating, beating like like a solidified fog. And with the sun, it's going to start to burn off. So that sunlight, that divine pure soul essence light that you carry from within is starting to dissolve the outside. And we're bringing it in from the, uh, also pulsing the light from the outside onto the wall. And now let me just see what the heck is going on with that wall. What is keeping you down, keeping you, excuse me, limited? Okay, well, what I'm seeing is there's definitely lifetimes where limited was all you had a chance for. You know, so many of the salt societies and cultures where we've been were very limited in nature. If you're a man, you had a choice of one or two or three things to do, and that was it. If you're a woman, the same deal. You were a childbearer, you, you know, nursed, you fed, you made the food, you cleaned the house or whatever. Uh, you're, you're a male, you farmed, you hunted, you built whatever you did, the heavy lifting. So there were so many lifetimes. There is a part of you that made peace with limitations. You accepted that this was all there was because you felt this frustration for a long time. I would even say from the very first life you came back as a fifth dimensional carrying the facade form, you felt this limitation. You knew you were very, you know, when we first came back, when we first returned, the we weren't carrying the energetic baggage. So at the facade human soul level, we sensed very deeply, very, very closely all that we were at the true soul essence level. And you sensed immensely the idea that you were unlimited. And there was immediately a sense of frustration that was born right from that very first life. There was a frustration that you were limited. Now, you want, I do feel like you went through a number of lives feeling frustrated. And I want you to continue to release the frustration because that never helps anything. The, the sense of powerlessness, the sense that 
why can't you be more? As much as you could have been if you came into a society that was, you know, into, say, a human society that was at very early stages of human, what would there be for you to do but hunt? Okay? You know, know, create, procreate, have children, you know? Very little for you to do. So in the actual world you're in. So, but you lived with a sense of powerlessness. You lived with a sense of frustration. You would have chosen to be in that kind of life for a reason. I don't know what would have been. I'm not getting that. But when we came in, we at the facade so level, we're trying a lot of different types of lives. We're trying a lot of different ways to help. We have ideas. And in between lives, we would be making plans and being a lot more aware of the fifth dimensional nature and we would have plans and and uh, choose different lives to go into and we hopped around at different places and you know it wasn't um it wasn't necessarily organized but we did have plans and so there's frustration and that's what's coming up for me so let me but there's more but i just want you to really begin to release i'm feeling it coming from the stomach just a lot from the stomach, and it carries with it a frustration, powerlessness, uh, just an anger, anger, because there's so much more that you can do. Now, I don't see in the early days a lot of guilt coming on or a lot of uh, feelings of failure. That I'm not getting that. I'm just getting frustration and anger because you feel your power. You know your power. But there would be no teachings, no uh, authorities, no spiritual knowledge in, in those early days, for sure, that told you how to use that power properly. You would try, and you couldn't see the results, so you didn't think you were even using your power. I don't. Again, I don't see yet the in those early early days. I don't see feeling of failure yet. But I do see this tremendous frustration because you're so closely connected to and feel your power. Yeah, you feel it. Now, what I do see unfolding after a while, and higher selves aren't indicating to me how long, but I would say probably hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes, there is this, or maybe it's only 40 or 50, I don't know, I'm not getting any timing, but at some point, you weren't happy with the frustration. It just you got to the point where you realized this isn't a place to live in. I don't need to be in this place. Now, you you still carry it, remember, because every life, all of those feelings from that life get folded into the soul, the conglomerate soul. So you still carry those things. But at some point, you made the decision to make peace with the smallness, the inability to be who you are. You accepted that you couldn't be anything more. And that's so key. There is an acceptance here that you can't be anything more, and I want you to let go of that acceptance. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to go back into hitting your head against the wall and that you're going to get back into the frustration. Remember, it's not an either-or thing. But what, what we want to do is we're both having you releasing both the feeling of powerlessness and the anger or the rage frustration, uh, that's just total, you know, being very difficult to live in this dense world 
when you sense so strongly all that you could do at that higher frequency of the fifth dimension. And so there is this tremendous sense and frustration about the density in the material world. Very big frustration. So I want you to continue to release that. There's something wrong with this material world. Why? Oh, my goodness. And there, there is a lot. There's some misunderstandings there uh, for sure. Um, but I do feel like there, there is sort of internally a lot of judgment about the material world. You know, this disbelief, I really live through this, that kind of thing. And you just can't quite wrap your head around the density, the slowness, the sluggishness of the process that is ongoing in the material world. So that's another element. Then you move into, as I started to say, this idea that you have to make peace with it. And this was a journey for you because you, you, you just were not a patient man, okay, in these early days. There was a tremendous amount of impatience, and I want you to really release impatience. This may seem weird, but I also want you to release patience. Because what you did was you focused and you said, okay, I now I need to be really patient. I need to be really patient. I need to make peace with the slowness, the lack of change. I need to make peace with it. And so you let go. So you, you started to develop the sense of making peace with being small, making peace with just living a small life, taking things step by step, accepting that the material world is, is dense and you can't do much in it, and you've started to develop patience. Now, why do I want you to release patience? Impatience, I'm sure you and others can understand. But if you develop a very big focus, uh, focus on patience and you, your thought process and your belief system center on being patient, well, guess what? You're going to draw in situations and conditions where patience is needed because it will bring back to you situations and conditions that validate that belief. If you believe, whether this is conscious or not, or not, whether you believe that you need to be patient, consciously or not, you believe it at the solo. And when you believe it, you're going to bring in those situations and conditions that require patience. And then it validates the belief system, the belief that patience is needed and intensifies it and makes it even deeper. So over and over again, the, Joan said, do not work on patience. It is one of those aspects that we often think of, but we need to be more patient. But to empower patience, in fact, uh, draws into us things that require patience because that's the belief system. Well, I need to be more patient. I need to be more patient. I need to be more patient. And so that need to be more patient means you're going to always be testing that. And every time you need more patience, they can say, yep, I just need more patience. And so it works as a really nasty loop. So I want you to release the need to be patient over and over and over again. I want you to release the um, all the impatience, too. It's again, it's not an either or. You want to get to the point where you just allow things to unfold in your own highest ideal without uh, reacting off 
the energetics that we carry, the belief systems that we carry that limit us. Okay, so let me go back to that symbol. Well, you've gotten bigger. This is a good. This is the good news. You're still not big enough, as far as I'm concerned. You went from looking to be about two foot and a half tall. Now you're about two, two and a half feet tall. I mean, that's a stupid guesstimate, but just an indicator. So there has been some movement here, but it tells me it's not moving fast enough. I want you to continue to to um, release the the um, the, in, the impatience and the patience, both of them, and all the belief systems and the self-identity. In fact, you got really good at being small. You, uh, you were one, oh, okay, so here comes more information. You were one that developed the ability to kind of be behind the scenes, uh, that support person that was always so giving and helpful uh, for those in the know or in the lead or the authorities or whatever. You became very good at being uh, not in the limelight. And this, I want you to release all of that. You you became really good at it. You got a lot of self-esteem from it. People, uh, those who you were helping, uh, I see you in all sorts of different types of court settings, even Egyptian. I see you in uh, Roman type, sort of Greek Roman type times. I see you in, and of course, it probably wasn't all on this planet. Uh, I see you, okay, even in Atlantean uh, times, uh, uh, not on this planet. I see you also um, in uh, Renaissance times. I see you in all, I'm getting like a flip book of all sorts of times where you had worked through patterns and helping uh, and you're, you chose to be part of the, more of the background, more of the support system. Now what you did, the light you gave was huge. It wasn't, the light wasn't any more minimal, but the overt destiny you chose was, was instead of being uh, the leader or the, uh, spokesperson, you chose more to be the support system of those people. Now, you found a very successful route for yourself, and this is in every life, but it's relevant to this pattern. There are many lives. So the you found uh, a lot of positive, a lot of really positive things from this, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, you were really great at doing it. You are very smart. You are. Uh, you have a tremendous amount of resourcefulness and creativity, and those came into play in many lives. You you have a great ability also to observe, and you almost figured out ahead of time what was needed, and so you were sort of Johnny on the spot even before somebody that you were working for or helping uh, even knew they needed it. And so you got a tremendous amount of. Uh, validation from those you worked with. But in addition to that, there was also this sense of safety because you didn't take the step. You weren't in the front line. And I do believe this has come up from you in before. But here it is again, and it's very normal, very common for fifth nationals who, uh, because we've all had so many difficult, terrible things happen to us in some lifetimes when we step forward. 
you've also developed that safety factor. Well, I don't really have to put myself on the line. I don't really have to see if I'm going to fail. I don't really have to see if I'm incompetent or not. I don't have to see or test um, fate, so to speak, because maybe I'll be hurt or I'll be uh, imprisoned or maybe something bad will happen to me. I'll get enemies because I'm threatening on some level. And so all of these kind of safety factors also came into play. You became, you realized whether it was totally conscious all the time or not, but at the soul level, you took on this sort of comfort with the idea that I'm safe. Uh, I can be of service. I can be of help. I can do uh, what I need and want to do without taking the chance of, gosh, it's getting late. I just checked the time. Anyway, without being conscious uh, of uh, of not worrying about where it might be you or your loved one. So I want you, it's very important that you release the whole idea of safety, um, the, 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 the fear factor, the, um, the idea, the belief that, that being behind the scenes is the only way you're going to feel good about what you're going to do because there's this other part of your soul that is absolutely beating its head against the shell because it wants to do so much more. It is invested. It is here to do so much more on this planet. And it's old belief systems that are holding back that opening. So I want you to let go of that safety factor and also the idea that the only place you can get validation is by being more behind the scenes, by being smaller, not being the one in the limelight. You have a big, and it's coming to me, and I immediately asked myself, if you were Leo, I don't know that you're Leo, but I saw you as a, really as a leader, I saw you as stepping into your light and being this beacon in some way. I don't know that it's, I mean, not necessarily acting or anything like that. I don't know what it's in, but whatever the avenue is that you're unfolding, and you're not that old. I think you're in your 20s. And so I'm absolutely sure there is plenty of time to find that focus. And But that's what I'm seeing, and I immediately thought, wow. You know, I saw leadership. I saw real expansion of your light. And now I want to go back to that little image I want to activate and call in even as much as we can do self-acceptance, divine self-acceptance, divine self-love, and clarity of vision and expanded perception. Very, very, very important because there are these parts of your soul that are still locked into the old part, the old belief system. And I want you to just hammer those belief systems. I'm going to call in divine flush to help it, help you release the belief system that small is is easier, small is safer, small is uh, you're good at small, you feel confident. There is, I talked earlier in the show about me, for me to step forward and start to talk about, you know, entities and disincarnates and demons and all that stuff. It opens up a whole new avenue of interaction with everyone out there. And it took me time. I had to create this 
you know, sort of this double thing, you know, this article and my assistant quitting for me to move into this understanding, bringing in the information and moving into this new phase that I'm going to be going in. And it's the same for you. It is, there's trepidation. I want you to release the trepidation, any resistance to change. It's easy to stay in the same old job, the same old day-to-day, whatever it is. You do it, you do it well, have the cup of coffee, use that to continue to motivate you, allay the frustration, keep the frustration or the upset or the powerlessness or whatever's under there uh, and everything that's under there to, you know, at bay, so to speak, have the comfort food. And so I want you to release the fear of the unfoldment, the fear of expanding past this, this shell, this smallness. And you are finally, thank you. I didn't want to stop the healing and I'm running out of time. I see you finally shooting up. Um, you look more like a teenager now, maybe 13, 15, but there is definite growth here. There is definite sense of divine courage, divine strength, divine uh, motivation. We want the motivation to be from within. So I'm going to call on divine motivation. Just I want you to be hammered with it so you don't need the cup of coffee to, to be able to sit down and do the daily grind that the motivation brings you to make the shift in your uh, day-to-day life and whatever is needed or necessary to um, maybe simply to speak up, maybe it's to find another job, maybe it's to go to the, the, the boss and say, I'm ready to try X aspect of the job or to do something creative that you then bring to the boss that says, hey, I have this idea, I've done it on my own time, what do you think? Uh, It doesn't matter what it is, but I want divine motivation and divine opportunity to be just resonating right through you. And with that, I do see some growth here. Uh, I want you to also release um, any belief systems, any self-identities about being small, about being uh, average, average. We take average out of the darn lexicon out of the belief system, you are nothing average about you. I want you to let that go. That is just what you've either been told or you've taken on uh, over lifetimes and you're carrying it into this lifetime, whether you think it consciously or not. It is not the case. I want you to let go of average big time. So let's let go of that average, and that is really helping. I see a lot of stuff in the heart and the chest, and I know that you do a lot of work. There's just so much regret here. There's a lot of regret. There's a part of you that feels like you've had so much wasted time. Uh, That's what you've taken on. It wasn't there in the beginning, but you felt over time you did feel that this small pattern has wasted time. You are fifth dimensional. You are absolutely devoted. Purity of purpose, sincerity of motive. You're devoted to the destiny pattern. And there's this big part of you that feels a tremendous amount of regret. And I want that to be let go of as much as you can. It gives you heartache. There is pain here. Just regret. It doesn't read out to me as failure. But it reads out to me as real deep regret that you didn't do more. 
I don't even see guilt here or shame. It's just a regret. It's palpable, and it carries with it a lot of pain, a lot of pain in the heart. I feel pain in the chest. Uh, I, I want you to start to let go of stuff in the throat because you need to uh, let go, if you can, as much as you can, of the repression of expression because it's symbolically repressing yourself, repressing your your brilliance, your creativity, your your unlimited nature, and I want you to just keep letting go of regret. I see some coming out of your forehead, that um, uh, the third, sh- the, the brow chakra, out of the top of your head, all the misunderstandings and belief systems and self-identities you've taken on over the eons of time. It's just, stuff is just pouring out of you now, and I'm going to just call on whatever energies that will facilitate that and to help you continue to manifest and unfold without going through staying small. It's just uh, you're not small. You never were small. And you have just, you're just plain determined. I'm so glad you reached out to me. And I would be willing to bet that everyone here has an element of uh, many of these things that I've said about Ernesto. And I really hope, and if other things come up for you, Uh, You know, it's not going to be, it can't hurt to release anything and everything I've said about Ernesto, but please, different things come up for you, whether it's you, Ernesto, or you, any of the listeners, go ahead, do it for yourself, be your own direct identity, take it, be an active participant in your own healing. And with that, the higher selves are indicating the healing is done. However, you are being cased in, and I do see a lot of people being cased around the circle. So I can't tell because there's so many here. I can't tell if everyone is encased, but you are, Ernesto, being encased. You are continuing to process. And so that means you're still getting permission at the soul level for the processing to happen, even though the session is winding down. Um, and so the it, it's definitely going to help. I don't know if the pressure is going to be taken off the drinking of the coffee or whatever. I do want you, when you're working on your own, to also focus on the habit imprint of addiction. I didn't even get to this part, but it's in my book. I know you've read it, and I know you do the work. I want you to release the addiction pattern, the habit imprint, you know, you, you fill that with, with divine energy, the imprint of addiction, and also the thought form and any emotional issues. I didn't get into those kind of specifics this, this show, uh, but you know, Renato and anybody else, please either listen to my older shows when I do get into that, or please take a look at my website. I have Lots of free information on there or my books. You can get them on Kindle. You can get them on, um, you can get them just about anywhere on Amazon, you know, print book or whatever. You can get them. But on my website, higherselfvoice.com, there's under downloads, there's free downloads. You says the amalgamation statement. And right there, you can get how you neutralize. But I want you to to Ernesto to work on the addiction imprint. Remember that the habit imprint is the habit energy and the habit body propels us to action. The deeper the imprint, the more the propellant. And the deepest imprints are our addiction. So I'd like you to work on that 
gosh, I wish I had thought of doing it before, but I'm completely out of time. Um, please do that. Work on the addictions. Work on the thought form specifics. Let's get specific about addiction because we want that. Now, of course, there has been work done on it, even though I didn't spell it out. But somehow I'm feeling it is important. And actually, the higher self are indicating to me that they are all they are working on the addiction habit imprint, the addiction thought form, and the addiction emotional blueprint that's related to it. So, okay, I didn't need to panic there. Thank you, Marcel. <laughs> Worried I should have said that. But they are indicating that it is absolutely being worked on. Um, and for those of you who need more information on it, it is out there. I give out the information everywhere. Anyway, I want to thank so much, Ernesto, for you to come forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I do hope that you get some uh, real help from this. If, if not completely going off it, that you cut back. And um, I hope this also helps other listeners. In any case, I am going to be signing off in just a minute or two. And I do want to just say to those of you who turned in later that I'm going to be continuing the show, but there are going to be more dark shows than normal. I have a lot of change coming in my life. And a lot happening is going to happen over this fall with my daughter having a baby and uh, I lost my assistant. So I've got, I'm using this as an opportunity to do other things in a lot of ways that I haven't been doing. For example, going to help my daughter with her child when it's born. And uh, I'm going to start to write my third book, which I talked about also on the show and I'm going to uh, do the audio book when I can get to it for my first book. Anyway, there's a lot of going things going on. I am still very committed to this show. It's going to be a little more haphazard, but I will be on. I do have to learn how to get the shows, the links into my archive section, but that will happen. And But you can get me on Blog Talk Radio and the archives there. Uh, and I believe it's under Janet Richmond or under Higher Self Voice. You'll find me on Blog Talk Radio, and I will get the updates, the new shows on my website as soon as I can for those of you who aren't listening and don't know <laughs> this situation. Okay, with that, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. And we're on another phase of this journey, and I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Thank you for being listeners. I really love this community, the radio community. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices neutralizing your negative thoughts and emotional blueprints.